are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Thursday show for you. We are going to talk about the undefeateds in the NFL and also the defeateds in the NFL. Who's real and who isn't? Do either of these teams have a chance to make the playoffs that are 0-2? And which one of the 2-0 teams are frauds? We're also going to talk about Justin Fields taking back everything he said like two hours after he said it yesterday. We're also going to talk about the college football slate this weekend and maybe give you some leans on some of the games that I'm looking at, even though your picks won't come till tomorrow. And we'll get to all that momentarily. Let's start with this. The undefeated teams in the NFL. We have nine undefeated teams in the NFL. Only two of them, though, are in the AFC, which is kind of surprising considering I think we're all in agreement that the six top quarterbacks in the NFL all reside in the AFC. And I think through two games, Tua Tagovailoa has entered that conversation, and he is one of the top three quarterbacks so far this year. So we can almost add him to the list. There's only two undefeated teams in the NFL that are in the AFC. Baltimore's 2-0. Dolphins are 2-0. In the NFC, we've got seven 2-0 teams, three of them in the NFC East and three of them in the NFC South of all places, a place that I told you at the beginning of the season was the worst division in football. I still think it is. I think all three of these teams, well, I think two of them are frauds, and I think one of them is good because it's the one team I told you was my top bet in win totals this year. But three teams in the NFC East, 2-0. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, all 2-0. Falcons, Saints, and Buccaneers in the NFC South are all 2-0. And then you got the San Francisco 49ers who play tonight looking to go to 3-0 as they stand undefeated at 2-0 right now. But let's first talk of the NFC South teams. To me, while the Saints haven't looked great offensively, defensively, They've looked outstanding these first two games. And because they don't play one of the top six quarterbacks in the league, it's one of the reasons that I said they are my top over-under win total in the NFL this year. I took them over nine and a half wins. Good start to 2-0. and So basically we need to go 8-7 and the rest of the way. I think they can do that. But you never know what's going to happen. All I know is they're 2-0 and and their offense has done shit. They won 16-15 and 20-17. So their defense is only giving up 16 points a game, but their offense is only scoring 18 points a game. So I think they need to get that rectified, and hopefully they will, and maybe they'll be better when Alvin Kamara comes back after this weekend's game. He comes back in week four. I'm still not sold on the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers have a really good defense. I think they've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on offense, so they've got playmakers there. But is this a playoff team? I don't see it right now. I need more weeks here because Baker Mayfield has been a very average NFL quarterback wherever he's been. Been to the playoffs once with the Browns, and the very next year they got rid of him. So I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield leading a team to 11-6 and six and a playoff berth, especially a Bucks team that, while a good defensive line, some playmakers on offense, I'm still not really sold on them. And while the Atlanta Falcons have a great team on paper in terms of name value with 
the likes of Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Like, I get why people like the Falcons, but if you've watched their first two games, and I have, man, I just can't get behind Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's very good, and I think he eventually is going to cost them some games. They should have gotten beat by the Packers this weekend. Packers choked that game away. So Falcons really should be one and one. I just think the Saints are the class of that division. It's why I bet them to win the division at plus 110. It's why I bet them to win over nine and a half games. They are my top play. I gave it out before the season started. I hope you tailed me on that one. But I still like the Saints here. Now, NFC East, the Cowboys and Eagles are the class of this division. We know this. They're going to fight to the end. We haven't had a repeat winner in the NFC East in 18 years. I could definitely see at the way they've started, and now they've got the Arizona Cardinals this week on the road. They're 12 and a half point favorites. They're probably going to win this weekend and move to three and zero. I mean, I can really see a Cowboys looking at a 13 and four season, maybe even 14 and three. I think their defense is that good. Their offense just has to be serviceable, and it has been. Eagles, solid team. Played in the Super Bowl last year. I'm not worried about them in the least bit, although they are banged up in their secondary. So be careful of that, especially on the road Monday night in Tampa. Hint, hint. Um, the Commanders, 2-0. and um, You've beaten the Atlanta Falcons, and you came back from a 21-3 deficit to beat the Denver Broncos on the road. So I can't really say I'm jumping up and down and doing cartwheels and thinking that the Commanders are now all of a sudden a playoff team. I don't think they are. But Sam Howell has been better than expected. First two start, or he started at the end of last year, I believe, got a couple starts in, but he hasn't been bad. And they've got a really big home game this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. They're almost a touchdown home underdog against the Bills. Well... I can tell you right now, that game is going to be one of my picks. Am I taking the Bills or am I taking the home underdog? You will know tomorrow. I promise. <laughs> in the AFC, and then you got the Niners, well, then you got the Niners at 2 and 0 in the NFC, the 7th team in the NFC that's 2 and 0. And they play the Giants tonight. They are double-digit favorites. We know that double-digit favorites have not did well, did not do well last year in the NFL. 11-19 and 1 hit 33% last year. So I am thinking I don't have a this game tonight is not going to be part of my weekly plays. I but if you're asking my opinion on the game on something like this on a nationally televised game in a short week, I usually these games are kind of sloppy. I I, I don't want to say they're usually not blowouts because we've definitely had some blowouts on Thursday night, but if anything, I don't. I just don't like this game at ten. I, I I can see it going either way. I know that's not much of an opinion, but if you tell me, uh, you tell me now that and you can see into the future that the Niners win this game by three touchdowns and be like, okay. If you also told me that the Giants kept it close, I'd be like, okay, I can kind of see that too. So I don't really like the game. I just do think the Niners are going to win, and this is somebody I would include in my three team ten point tees. I'm not going to because. I don't have the other two teams filled out yet, but if you can and you want to set it up to two other games that you like this weekend, I would put the Niners in a three-team 10-point tease because all they got to do is win the game. I don't think they're going to lose to the Giants tonight. They are better than the Giants. The Giants are without Saquon Barkley. 
And here's an interesting stat that I did, and I'm going to keep this all season. I told you I'm going to keep the record of the underdogs in the NFL, and I'm going to keep a record of underdogs that win outright in the NFL. The other thing that I'm going to do, because I'm giving you a three-team 10-point teaser every single week, is I'm going to tell you of the 32 teams, assuming it's a full schedule, we're going to have bye weeks starting in week five, I believe, or maybe even week four. But since I am giving you three-team 10-point teasers, I'm going to tell you every week of the 32 teams that played, if you put them in a 10-point teaser, how many of them would have covered. In week one, you had 26 of the 32 teams would have covered a 10-point teaser. This past week, week two, 28 of the 32 teams would have covered a 10-point teaser. So that is something to where it's like, that's what I mean. Like When I told you at the beginning of the season, I expect in 17 weeks of football betting or 18 weeks of uh, of betting weeks, 17 games, but there's 18 weeks of, of betting uh, because of a bye week. What I'm telling you is I told you I'd be surprised if I did worse than 13 and five. I, if I lose more than five times, because look at that. Just this past week, only four teams, if you put them in the three point ten, three team 10 point teaser, would have lost. Houston lost by 11. They were laying one, so they would have been plus nine. They lost by 11. Detroit. They would have been plus five. They lost by six. Vegas would have been plus 17 and a half. They lost by, eight, uh, by, uh, they lost by 28. And the Jets uh, would have been plus 18. They lost by 20. Everyone else, if you would have put them in a 10-point tease, same game 10-point tease, basically th- uh, 12 of the 16 games, you put both of the teams in a 10-point tease, they would have covered. So, um, But you have to have three teams in it. But what I'm saying is, when 28 options out of 32 end up covering, it just goes to show, now, this might have been a, a, a very heavy week for that, and maybe there will be weeks where only 20 of the 32, and there are 12 losers in there, but only four losers this past week, it would have been really hard to lose a three-team 10-point teaser unless you had Houston, Detroit, Vegas, or the Jets in one. That's it. So any other combination, you would have had it. So... Uh, keep that in mind. I'm going to remind you every week, but uh, so far, week one, 26 out of 32 teams would have covered it, and in week two, 28 of the 32 teams would have covered it. Now, let's take a look at the 0-2 teams in the NFL. I read you the statistic a couple days ago. What is it? 31 out of 270 teams in the NFL that started 0-2 didn't make the playoffs, 11%. So your odds are not very good. If you don't make the, if you don't start out at least with one win in your first two games, zero and two, eleven percent. Now, granted, one of those happened last year. Cincinnati Bengals started zero and two last year, and they're once again sitting at zero and two. Also, the Patriots, the Texans, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Bears, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. I think we can eliminate the Panthers and the Cardinals because nobody had any expectations about them before the season of possibly them making to the playoffs. Chargers and Broncos, I think there was a lot of optimism. Clearly for the Chargers there was because I actually made a mistake yesterday. I think I said yesterday the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. They did. How could I forget them blowing a 27-point lead to the Jaguars? So they made the playoffs last year, and now they start out 0-2. And they play another 0-2 team this week in the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to have a special thing for you on that tomorrow. So keep that in mind. Um, The Broncos, 
0-2. I think there was a lot of optimism there because you bring in a coach that is competent, a coach that has won a Super Bowl in Sean Payton. You couldn't have gotten any worse than Nathaniel Hackett, who literally was one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen in the history of football. So, of course, there was optimism. Can he turn Russ around? You had a good defense coming in, and you start out 0-2. You lose at home to the Raiders by one point. You go up 21-3 on the Commanders last week, and they come back and beat you. So, are the Broncos as bad as their 0-2 record state? Probably not, considering they've only been outscored by three points at 0-2. The Chargers have been outscored by five points. And they're 0-2. Now, when you go to some of the other two 0-2 teams, Cardinals have been outscored by 7, so maybe they're not as bad. Carolina by 17. The Bears by 28. They stink to high heaven. Vikings only been outscored by 9. And the Patriots by 12. Bengals by 24. So, I don't know. It's a small sample at two games. But we do know that two games is very tough to come back from for whatever reason. Because it doesn't seem like you're like, okay, you're 0-2. You still got up until the 17-game schedule, you still got 14 games left. Now you've got 15 games left. You're telling me a team can't come back from starting 0-2? Well, the numbers bear it out. you got a 10%, basically a 10% chance, a 1-10 in 10 chance of making the playoffs starting 0-2. The Patriots at 0-2 are interesting because I think some people had some hope for them. I don't because they don't have a quarterback. Mac Jones is a very, very average NFL quarterback, and they're in a tough division with the Dolphins. And the Bills, they would have been in a tougher division if Aaron Rodgers didn't go down in the first four plays of his Jets career. So I'm not putting too much stock into the Jets. They're one and one, but Zach Wilson's terrible. He's just not a good NFL quarterback. And the guy got benched twice last year, and now they're just giving him the keys to the job. I mean, the reason they went out and got Aaron Rodgers last year was because they didn't have a quarterback and they didn't believe in Zach Wilson. So... For Aaron Rodgers to go down in the first four plays and them just be like, yep, Zach's our guy, it makes no sense. You literally gave up on him twice last year when you benched him. In the AFC North, the Bengals started 0-2. They are 0-2 again this year. Could they come back? Sure, but not without a healthy Joe Burrow. And I don't even know if he's playing on Monday night against the Rams. If he's out for any significant amount of time, I think we can cross the Bengals off. And remember, at the beginning of the season, I tell you, every year – Basically, take half the teams that made the playoffs the year before and eliminate them and bring in another new seven teams because we know that uh, seven teams make the playoffs now in the NFL in each in each conference. So the first seeds get a bye, and then two plays seven, uh, three plays six, and four plays five. So, But every year, it's just like without fail, 50% turnover in playoff teams from year to year. I think we're getting awfully close to crossing off the Bengals as a team that made the playoffs last year that isn't making it this year. If the Vikings beat the Chargers, I'm pretty sure we can cross off the Chargers this year too and because they made it last year and they're probably not going to make it this year. But there's still time. The Texans, no, I don't think anybody expects the Texans to make it. And then, like I said, Viking Bears, no. Vikings, Look, either the Vikings or the Chargers are going to go to one and two because they play each other this weekend. So one of them's winning. Well, <laughs> unless they tie, which I wouldn't put it past either of these franchises to play a tie football game <laughs> just because of who they are. Like the Chargers can't get out of their own way. 
the worst defense in the league, yet they have the fourth best offense in the league. And we know what happened to the Vikings last year. They were the biggest fraud in all of the NFL. 11 one-score wins. They're already 0-2 this year, and both losses were one-score losses. So um, I can see this game being very close. And like I said a few minutes ago, tomorrow tune in. I've got something special for you for this Charger-Minnesota game in your bets tomorrow. Going to do something I haven't done all season yet, so keep that in mind as well. Did you see Justin Fields come out yesterday and he was talking about how he just doesn't feel like himself and he needs to just trust his instincts more and they asked him, well, what do you think What do you think your team being 0-2 and why do you think you're playing as poorly as you have? And he basically called out the coaching and said, uh, maybe it's the coaching and I, I just, I'm listening too much to what they say when I really just need to trust my instincts more. And boy, did it not take him long to back that up and completely backtrack from those statements. They asked him a reason for why he believes he's causing him to overthink in games, and he said it's what he's been coached to do. He said, you know, could be coaching, I think. At the end of the day, they're doing their job and they're giving me what to look at, but at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's time to play free at that point, thinking less and playing more. My goal this week is to just say F it and go out there and play football. Play football how I know how to play football. That includes thinking less and just going out there and playing off instincts rather than so much, say, info in my head, data in my head, just literally going out there and playing football, going back to it's a game and that's it. That's when I play my best. And then later on in the day, <laughs> he said his words were taken out of context. It didn't even take him a couple hours and he said, it's like you all are trying to split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on my teammates. Whatever happens in a game, I will take all the blame. I don't care if it's a drop pass. It should have been a drop pass. Put it on me. Okay, but Justin, you did blame it on your coaches. You pinned it on your coaches saying, they're giving me too much to think about. I just need to play off instincts. I mean, he did say it. And then to come back and say, you guys are pinning us pitting us against each other. I never said that. Yes, you did. The quotes, the quotes are there. I just read them. Nothing was taken out of context. Somebody clearly got to him and said, you better back off this because this doesn't sound good, dude. You're blaming your coaches for this, and it's not good at all. And looks like he didn't. So anyway, <laughs> that was Justin Fields uh, Wednesday. And they got to play the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. So they're looking 0-3 dead in the face. And I told you it last week. I'll tell you it again this week. Justin Fields is not going to be the starter of this football team by the end of the season. There's no point because they're going to move on from him at the end of this year. I think they're probably looking at a 4-13 and season. At best, five wins for the Bears. And they're going to be getting one of the top picks. I think they're going to end up with Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's what they should be hoping for. Trying to win games this season is an effort in futility for them. They should not do it. They have no business doing it. You need to get a quarterback in there. This is Justin Fields' third year. He doesn't look like he's getting any better. So for him, for the Bears organization, I would just say throw somebody else out there. Or hell, Justin Fields can't win for you. Maybe you do leave him in the whole season because he's not going to get you more than three or four wins this year based on the way he's playing right now. I don't know how he's just all this magically going to turn this around and turn your whole franchise around. And, oh, yeah, your defense stinks, and your defensive coordinator just quit yesterday to focus on his quote-unquote health, which, hey, maybe he needs to focus on his health. Um, I'm 
probably sure it had more to do with, look, you've been terrible for the first two games. We don't want to fire you and embarrass you. So why don't you tell everyone that you're quitting to focus on your health? I'm sure that's the way it went down. And finally, before we get to tomorrow's plays, just the thing that I know a lot of you when you want when you get the plays from me, you probably want me, especially when it comes to college, to focus on, you know, teams that maybe you've heard about. You know, there's a ton of a ton of shit in the college ranks where there's a game where you're just like, what? I, I don't even know anything about either of those teams. Well, that's where you leave it to me. I'm the one doing the homework for you. So with the seven top 25 matchups we have this weekend, just know that your plays are not coming from these games. And the reason why I try and stay away from the big market games, although there is going to be a play from one of them, but I'm not going to have all my plays coming from the seven best games of the weekend is because those are the games that everybody's focusing on. Those are the games that everyone is going to bet. The public is going to bet. There's no real line value there. you got to search for line value in games that involve a Mac team and a Southland team, you know? That's what you got to look for. And if you want to bet those games that the public is all over and the nationally televised games are going to be on Fox and ESPN and ABC and NBC, go ahead. I'm just saying it's not smart if you're looking to make money in the long run. So when you look at Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida State, Clemson, Colorado, Oregon, Bama, Ole Miss, Iowa, Penn State, UCLA, Utah, Wazoo, Oregon State, I mean – I might have a couple plays in there, but I'm not going to be on all seven. Um, I'm still determining. Uh, there's really only one favorite I even like in that group that I would bet, and that would be Florida State, but I don't know if that's going to be one of my plays tomorrow. I'm not touching the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, but I would lean towards the Irish. Colorado-Oregon I already told you about. I, I do think this game is – the line is set pretty much where it should be because as I told you on big spreads, you also got to remember is the team that's getting the points good enough at the end of the game when the other team is blowing them out to score a backdoor touchdown and get the cover. So Colorado is currently getting 21 points, which means at the end of the game, Oregon can be up by 28 in the fourth quarter with six minutes left. They're not going to try as hard. They don't need to be playing their first team defense up 28 with six minutes left. So, can the Buffaloes, do they have a good enough offense to put a late touchdown together and get a push or even a cover? Yes, they do. So that's why I'm kind of staying away from that one. I do think Oregon's going to put up a lot of points. The over possibility. Bama Ole Miss I'm staying away from just because I don't know what Bama's going to do. Maybe they're going to bring out some new package for Jalen Milrow and Ole Miss won't have any clue how to defend it. I don't know. Iowa-Penn State is just, I hate betting Big Ten football. It's boring. It's uh, not exciting. And the offense has put me to sleep. UCLA-Utah, I'm looking at. That's one that's definitely on my radar. And Wazoo-Oregon State, I have no opinion on that one either. Uh, you could tell me either team wins that one, and I'd be like, okay, you know. Uh, it's a it's a two-and-a-half-point spread or three-point spread. I think, I think Oregon State's a three-point road favorite. So... Um, but yeah, looking at those, just know that there's going to be plays every weekend in college of teams that are not ranked in the top 25, probably not even ranked in the top 50, might not even be ranked in the top 75, but they are games where you're looking for line value and you're looking for who is the public think is going to win this game and kind of go the opposite way because there's a reason there are giant hotels 
in big bright lights in Las Vegas. You know why? Because ultimately people lose. And they lose because they bet favorites and they bet public teams. And a lot of those games on Saturday in the top 25 matchups have public teams in them. So keep that in mind when betting. I'm just here to help you out as best as I can. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. Don't forget, tell your friends about it. Tomorrow, big day. We're going to release the picks, college and pro. 16-8-1 in college, 8-4 and four in pro this year, 3-0 and oh in my college best bets for the year, 1-1 one one in my pro best bets. And I told you I've got something special for you in the uh, pros tomorrow in my pro picks that involving the Vikings and the Charger game. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.